How's it going? This is Scott Fish. I co-host a podcast called the Commission Impossible Podcast with Ryan McDowell. We don't exactly go over player values or dynasty trades or potential or rankings or mock drafts, and we usually don't even have guests. We just like to talk about commissioner stuff, so that's what you get. You can learn about lots of different scoring systems, uh, interesting rules, settings, how to set up your playoffs, how to determine draft order, how to determine rookie auction values, things like that. Stuff that commissioners might be interested in, like rivalries or rolling bank rolls or salary caps. We also answer commissioner questions. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, check us out. It's a pretty good listen. listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to the latest edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Fellas, we are in the in the heat of off-season mode. We're talking about new leagues. We're getting ready for rookie drafts. We're scouting all these incoming rookies. And as we always do, or at least we have the last couple of years, we try to put together some consensus rankings. Uh, we did it last year. It was a lot of fun. I believe we did it the year before as well. It's a good time. So this is the time of year that we like to talk about these rankings. And now, since we have rookie data, Ryan, we're going to fit in these rookies among these consensus quarterback tiers. Yeah, we're changing it up a little bit. This is, this will be the third year we've done these consensus tier ranking episodes. And uh, in the past two years, we have not included the rookies. And, and it, it really, it just feels like we should. You know, I mean, there's startup drafts happening. Uh, they are included in the new ADP that just posted on DLF, both one quarterback and super flex. So, yeah, let's let's get these rookies in here. Of course, it's it's early. Things will change. Uh, I mean, rankings are, are are constantly changing. Value is constantly changing, uh, but that's even even more true with rookies. Yeah, and it's more reason to really do this to see where we stand as the off season really starts kicking off. And like you mentioned, these startup drafts and auctions are happening. These are the types of exercises that dynasty managers are doing all the time. Matt, you went through. You've gone through that this with us the last couple of years as well. What are, what are your takeaways from putting together these tiers as we do our ranking? Uh, it's it's hard to come on come come up with exact agreements <laughs> outside of the top top couple of tiers for sure. You know, we all it seems like we all have different you know methods of not not necessarily completely different methods of doing it. But you know, Ryan in the past has liked to do it. You know, I'm not going to trade this guy for this guy, so they can't be in the tra- in the same tier. Um, whereas sometimes I like to do it by if, if I'm actually doing an actual startup draft, you know, uh, you know where where do I see that break? Uh, it, where where how how much longer am I willing to wait to take to the next tier? You know, can I get the last guy and then the tier above? You know, that kind of thing. So you know, there's lots of ways to build tiers. People do it just by positions, like we're doing today. Sometimes we do it with all the positions included. So uh, you know, it's just it's interesting to see how everybody builds their tiers and their reasoning behind they behind why they put those players in those particular tiers. So we all individually went through and tiered out all these quarterbacks, including the rookies, as Ryan mentioned. And we're going to try to come up with a consensus, a DLF Dynasty podcast consensus 
ranking of these quarterbacks. Let's start right away at the top. Um, Matt, let's start with you. There, you. You said, as we were kind of leading into the episode, that you thought about adding other players outside of Patrick Mahomes. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's just, you know, you want to say Mahomes is in the tier by himself because clearly he is from an NFL quarterback standpoint, right? But from a fantasy standpoint, we have all of these guys uh, that, you know, I think most of, I guess all of us have in tier two at this point with, with uh, these these guys that provide more on with their legs on the ground, you know? So it's just difficult to kind of separate that from NFL play to fantasy play where, you know, you have guys like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray and Sean Watson, et cetera, et cetera, that that provide just a little bit more on uh, a, f- a little bit more fantasy boost with their legs than Mahomes does. But Mahomes does so much more with their arms and a lot in his arm in a lot of cases that you know it kind of makes up that gap. So I did I did toy with not having Mahomes in a tier by himself, but in the end, it's just it's just really hard to do, you know. Ryan, did you think about adding anybody else, or was it strictly Mahomes the whole time? No, it was just Mahomes for me. Uh, I do think the the group behind him is a deep one, but uh, kind of like Matt alluded to a moment ago, if I'm drafting, if I'm considering any any type of trade, especially if it were a, a one-for-one trade or, or maybe a small piece thrown in on either side, I would not be moving Mahomes uh, for any of these other options or, or choosing them ahead of ahead of him. Yeah, that's the exact reason that I have Mahomes all by himself at the top as well. So quarterback tier one is set. Just Patrick Mahomes in there. We all agree on that. Let's keep this agreeing rolling, <laughs> Matt. Talk a little bit. There, there's three guys that we all three had in tier two. Uh, those guys are Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, and Lamar Jackson. So uh, just quickly on those three, why, why are those three so high in your rankings and why do you think they – differentiate themselves from the rest of the field well it's it's again we're, we're really splitting hairs here at the top really i think i think the top you know seven eight nine guys are, are are i mean you could argue i think all of those guys go in in tier one and tier two right but i think these three in particular we've seen them do it for multiple seasons in a row we know what they add with their arms we know what they add with their legs and they're just a little bit more comfortable for me than the the, the guys that i have in tier three and there's a couple of guys in tier three that you guys have in tier two that we could talk about um but you know it just it, it's completely a feel-based thing like if i was in a draft situation and i and i and i broke out of this Kyler Eljax and Watson tier, then I would probably little, wait a little bit. You know, maybe it's different in a super flex format where all of these guys now are, are really going in the first round. But in a one quarterback league, um, you know, I, I'm willing to if I miss out on Kyler Eljax and, and and Watson, I'm willing to wait a little bit longer. I don't have to necessarily have one of those tier three guys uh, because the guys in tier four and five are so good. You know, so it just really kind of depends on what kind of format you're looking at, where these guys are going in drafts, and, and what you're trying to do with your team. So those three guys, Kyler, Lamar. Watson, those are the, the comfortable guys for me in tier two. Yeah, I think I would probably agree with that. And Ryan, you can you can give us your thoughts on it as well. If there was a comfort level with the three, it'd probably be Watson, Murray, and Jackson. I added Josh Allen to this tier as well, and I think he he belongs, especially after the year he had after Stephon Diggs came over to Buffalo. I don't see him slowing down, you know, trying to project these guys going forward. He feels closer to Watson, Murray, and Jackson than maybe the next group of guys who are a little bit younger than Josh Allen and the the three guys, Watson, Murray, and Jackson. And and with that, a little bit maybe less... uh, 
they haven't quite less proven. They they haven't proven themselves quite as much. So J- Allen was closer to tier two than tier three. Ryan, you had Josh Allen as well as one other uh, quarterback in tier two. Yeah, I think a lot of people came into, and myself included, came into last season expecting Kyler Murray to have that Lamar Jackson season, that breakout season uh, where he he potentially even put up a QB one overall year. Um, and of course that didn't happen. He, he started out so well and, and, and really kind of faded as the year went along, but instead it was Josh Allen uh, who was in that same quarterback class as Lamar, who basically replicated his 2019 season uh, QB one overall um, was definitely in the MVP conversation for a while and, and did a lot both with his arm and his legs. And I think um, the other thing that, that those two, uh, Lamar Jackson and, and Josh Allen, have in common is that they both showed uh, great improvement in throwing the ball in that, that's, that specific season we're talking about, talking about kind of that breakout season. And, and then this past year we saw Lamar kind of take a step back in, in that phase. So to me, if, if Josh Allen can – um, continue to improve as a passer, and of course, having Stefan Diggs is is a big piece of that. Uh, then I think not only will he earn this this tier two rank, but uh, he'll he'll continue to gain value uh, in dynasty leagues. Yeah, uh, we we really all have him in our top four among quarterbacks with Mahomes and Watson. Then Allen mixes in with with Murray and Jackson in that top four or five. Uh, I completely agree with what you said there that that because of the weapons that are that are on hand there in Buffalo and everything that that Josh Allen did in his third season to just take that leap forward, not even just a step forward, he looks so much better uh, in his downfield passing. He's always had the strong arm, but he looks so much more accurate. He missed some of those crossing route throws he'd bomb it over the the guy the guy's head he'd miss a tight end in the back of the end zone and you'd scratch your head and say man that that's a missed opportunity but all those missed opportunities were made up for with his legs and while there's other quarterbacks that when they're young they run a little bit more than as they age I don't know if Josh Allen's gonna gonna slow down at least anytime soon in that department he's still gonna be a weapon especially around the goal line and that makes up for the the mishaps with his, with his arm from time to time. So uh, we have to we have to try to come up with a consensus here, Matt. Josh Allen is he close enough to tier two that you'd be willing to move him up? Yeah, I'm I'm not going to argue with you guys on this one. There are bigger big, bigger battles to fight later. I'm sure. For me, the reason why Allen is just a, a, a one tier lower than those guys is. You know he's he's done it for one year. You know, and I guess he was what QB six seven or something like that in 2019. So from a from an accumulation stat standpoint, he he did do it the second year. But from what from what we saw on the on the field, you know, I was afraid. <laughs> I was afraid for Allen's value entering his third season. And like you said, he jumped up in basically every statistical category. And the most important one for me was that accuracy, right? So. Uh, I'm not 100% sure yet if that's an outlier season or if he's going to dip back down to that 56-ish percent career passer rate, uh, excuse me, completion percentage that he was the the, the two years before that and, and also into his college career. So uh, I, 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 I'm just a little bit more hesitant on him than you guys. One more season uh, of what he did last year or, you know, uh, even, even within like a one standard deviation of what he did last season, like I would be willing to put him up in that second tier uh, in my personal 
uh, tiers. But for this exercise, we're splitting hairs. I'm happy to move them up to, to move on. Okay, the next guy we need to talk about is Justin Herbert, another breakout performance for him. But he did his in his rookie year, Ryan. You were willing to move him all the way up into Tier 2. Personally, I had him at the beginning of Tier 3. Matt also had him in his third tier, along with another name that we'll get to here shortly. Let's talk a little bit, Ryan, about uh, Justin Herbert and why you think he belongs in this conversation and really the top six overall quarterbacks and in Tier 2. I mean, it's really just all based on what we saw from Herbert as a rookie. I think he overcame uh, a lot of things, obviously did not start the season and uh, was thrown into into action there in week two with the, the fluky deal with uh, Tyrod Taylor. But, I mean, his production really can't be denied. Basically had the best rookie season ever by a quarterback. Um, I, I think maybe what separates him from some of the others in Tier 2 is – the ability to add much uh, production with uh, with their legs as a runner. Of course, Watson, Allen, Jackson, and Murray all certainly offer that. Um, I think Herbert can too, but, but not to the level of those players. So I think sometimes, I, I know I fall victim to this, sometimes when I'm tiering players, I try to uh, categorize them that, you know, these, these are the old veterans that are still producing. These are the, the young guys who can run. And um, I don't really necessarily think that's what tiers should be. To me, it's, it should be all about value, but sometimes I, uh, I get stuck in that. So um, Herbert's a tier two guy for me. If he's not for you all, I, I understand he, he certainly does fit value-wise with uh, some of the other players that we'll talk about in a moment. Um, I did want to really quickly, Dan, circle back on Lamar Jackson. Uh, just in in putting these rankings together, doing some research for this, I pulled some numbers. The, the number of quarterback one games in the past two seasons for each of these quarterbacks and the percentage of quarterback one games. So, the, of course, the percentage of their games that they were a top 12 scorer. And as you would expect, everybody that we've talked about so far in, in these top uh, five or six fared ver- very well. They were all quarterback ones. Uh, at least half the time in their past two seasons. But I think it, it feels like a lot of the dynasty community is kind of down on Lamar Jackson right now after his, um, you know, so I guess we can say disappointing season after you're, uh, you're the quarterback one and you, you put up one of the best fantasy seasons ever. We have to expect a step back, and that's what we got with Jackson. But over the past two seasons, he's been a quarterback one in 77% of his games. Hmm. Uh the only other player, or I guess the, the next best player based on percentage, is Patrick Mahomes, who has been a QB1 in, in 66% of his game, so so two-thirds. But um, nobody else over 66%, and Jackson's at 77% with 23 QB1 games the past two years. So many fantasy players, Ryan, were, to use your word, disappointed with what Jackson did in in his second full season as the starter coming off that QB1 overall season. And in reality, there were so many times where he finished as the QB10 or the QB11, and we were all disappointed when really we should have been probably looking at as, well, that 
that's kind of his floor yeah. a lot of times because yeah. of his rough rushing production. So before we move on to tier three, guys, I wanted to know from you and Matt, you can you can reply to this one first. If there's a guy that's gonna gonna jump into tier one from tier two, take on Patrick Mahomes and and at least be an equal to him out of this tier, which one of these guys do you think is most likely? It's it's so hard to pick because all three of them are so good. I, I do want to say Lamar Jackson though, just because of what Ryan Ryan just talked about. Um, you know, two years ago in 2019, when we saw that incredible season, everything aligned for him. The rushing was there, and I think that's always going to be there until he gets too old or gets too hurt or, or, or whatever it may be. But when that passing, when those passing numbers come up and, and meet that level, like there's just no one with the with the upside. I think that Lamar Jackson has, and we saw that. I think is in 2019, his his touchdown percentage was something ridiculous, like nine percent, and we all knew that was going to come down. But if he settles, you know, somewhere between that. That, that elite season in 2019 and what he did last year, like he's going to be the quarterback one in, in, in a lot of seasons, I, I think. So it's just really getting that passing, uh, those passing numbers up to what they were, not even what they were in 2019, but um, you know, more than what they were last year, I guess. And I think that's going to come as they add more weapons to him, as he develops more as a passer. My, my biggest concern for him is with what he did in the, the third season or second season with uh, Greg Olson there, right? You know, we've seen this before with, with Olson and, and these running quarterbacks where they take this huge jump uh, in their first season, then they kind of plateau. So what are they going to add next for, for Lamar Jackson? Um, are they going to add, uh, you know, easier reads for him? You know, I, I really think that just better weapons, somebody reliable, because they have all these young receivers there and they don't have the, he doesn't really have the security blanket of this old, uh, excuse me, not old, but like veteran, um, you know, savvy route runner that's going to get into a place where Watson's always going to feel comfortable throwing in the ball, you know. So something like that I think would help him make take the next step. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I just there's, – there's, no, there's not another one – another player on this list that's going to be a 1,000-yard rusher, I don't think, from the quarterback position. Yeah, and, you know, the thing you mentioned at the injury possibilities with Lamar, we, we're all kind of cringing every time he takes one of those hits and thinking, is he going to get up? But he has to this point – in his career, as long as that that big hit doesn't take him out, take him down, and then keep him down for an extended period, you're right. He does have that kind of upside. For me, it's Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's the guy that that is closest to Patrick Mahomes in the league. In fact, uh, he he might be on parallel to Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes plays in a better offense, has better weapons, and Watson is dealing with everything he's had to deal with in Houston. Whether he moves on or not, it feels to me like if he was put in the proper situation, uh, get that opportunity like Mahomes did, he could put up the same kind of numbers Mahomes does on a week-in, week-out basis. Ryan, anything to add here? Who, who's the guy for you? It would be Watson for me as well. You just think about how consistent, how good he's been um, over the really the past couple of years and, and his entire career. And at least over the past year, he, he did that with – with limited weapons. I mean, when you lose, when you lose DeAndre Hopkins and you basically have no running game and to think of the, the season that he had is, is, you know, obviously very impressive. I think it says a lot about him as, as a player talk. It speaks to his fantasy upside and uh, thinking about some of the, some of the potential landing spots. Carolina has been the kind of the hot recent rumor and thinking about the weapons they have, on offense, um, could, be could definitely special. be talk, right. We could definitely be talking about Watson in that top tier uh, this time next year. Yeah, he's a guy that that is on the top end of of trade requests. If you can if you could somehow snag him away from an owner in uh, 
in a dynasty league, especially in a super flex league, that's that's a good way to go. Let's move on to tier three, guys, because we we were all uh, in agreement on Dak Prescott being being in this third tier. Uh, outside of that, things get a little bit hazy. I had Justin Herbert there. Matt, you did as well. Ryan, of course, you had him in tier two. Let's move beyond those two names since we were all in agreement with Dak Prescott. Seems like to me, Ryan, that the next guys that that matter or, or that really fit into this tier because of their projection long term are the young guys, Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, guys that are were or are projected to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, guys that we we look at as elite long-term prospects. There are some veterans worth talking about pretty soon, but when, you, when you're talking dynasty and we're, we're trying to figure out who has the, the highest uh, future value for the longest term, it's got to be these young guys that, that are taken at the top of NFL drafts. Yeah, absolutely. We we've we're already seeing uh, Trevor Lawrence as a first round pick in our uh, Superflex mock draft data. Uh, he's he's a first rounder already, and uh, honestly, I, I kind of get it. I mean, I think we're going to just the way the quarterback landscape is right now. The talent at the top, many of the guys we've already talked about. I think you're going to see seven, eight, nine quarterbacks in the first round of of many super flex startup drafts and, and Lawrence uh, certainly deserves to be among that group. So for me, he's, he's in this tier uh, as is Joe Burrow. Of course, solid rookie season cut short. We'll, we'll see what, um, see how he bounces back, but I expect the offensive line to be improved. There looks like that's the way they'll go. Uh, that's the way the Bengals will go with that early draft pick. Um, and, and still a, a good group of weapons there for Burrow as well. Yeah, the injury, it didn't really affect me all that much in these rankings mm-hmm. or, or really tearing these guys out. The The one name that I want to bring up with that, though, is Dak Prescott because he was on a on a torching pace. He, he was the MVP of the league at that point, the MVP of fantasy at that point when he went down last year. And a, there are a lot of especially Cowboy fans, but even just Dynasty players out there saying, hey, wait a, what about Dak in Tier 2? Because he was so dynamic and made so many brilliant throws early in the year. Is that injury? Are we holding that injury against Dak Prescott and not really doing that with Joe Burrow right now? Uh, we probably are. Um, and I think what, what really gets held against Dak, and honestly, we, we even talked about this last year, is uh, just his draft status. You look at all the players we've talked about. I think every player we've talked about so far has been a first rounder. Most of them an early first round draft pick. And then you've got Dak Prescott who did not come into the league with uh, the same level, right. With the same level of expectations. And uh, it, it's not good process, but I, th- I think it's kind of what dynasty players default to that. Um, he's not that elite, uh, elite fantasy asset when in reality he is, he's, he's been a quarterback one uh, every season in the league. Obviously that ended with the, the injury last year, but um, he was, he, he was on pace uh, to easily be in that group and, and potentially the QB one overall. Matt, I want your thoughts on Dak Prescott as well. You had, you had Dak here with Josh Allen, who we bumped up and Justin Herbert, who were still trying to trying to decide where he lands. And then in a, in tier four alone, you had, 
uh, Joe Burrow and, and Trevor Lawrence. So talk about your tier here, where the line falls. And now that Allen has bumped up, would you be willing to bring Lawrence and Burrow up to, to Dak Prescott's level? Yeah, first of all, I think I said Greg Olson. For some reason, I have uh, retired tight ends on the mind. What I meant was Greg Roman before for the offensive coordinator. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, Dak, I think he... I think he probably does belong in tier two, to be honest with you. And I, I had him there for a little bit. And the only reason why I bumped him down once was uh, one tier was a little bit of the uncertainty. Is he going to come back from this injury and be the same player? Is he going to be on the Cowboys? So just a couple more questions, I think, than the, those guys that we do have in tier two. But from a, from a on the field standpoint and what he did in his, in those first five games last season, like he absolutely belongs with, with those guys. So it's, I think as soon as we see him back on the field and it, whether it's with the Cowboys or whatever, we're probably, going to be bumping him back up there right so it's just a little bit of those question marks and then the same thing uh, not the same thing but the same kind of kind of situation for me with Burrow and Lawrence is that there's just a little bit more uncertainty with those two than uh, the guys that I have in, in tier three, Alan Herbert and Dak, um, you know, Lawrence, we think he's going to be good. He's the best prospect of all time. Yada, yada. We all know the, uh, the, the line there. Right. But he's, he hasn't done it yet at the NFL level. So, and, and that means a lot to me. So for me, I'm not willing to take those guys that we've see, already seen it uh, happen uh, in the NFL uh, uh below below guys like Lawrence right or even in the same tier as Lawrence and then Burrow the same thing you know it, it I'm pretty sure all the questions are answered but he had a pretty serious injury he was, might miss a part of the, the early part of the 2021 season right so just a few more question marks for them I'm, I'm happy to bring them up uh for for discussion purposes but for me personally they're they're just a little bit lower than those guys we just talked about for for those reasons Oh, and and uh, and Lawrence, I think uh, one one last point there. Uh, he doesn't. I, I don't. I don't know yet that he's gonna not gonna do an NFL. But I don't think he's gonna be the same weapon on the ground as those other guys. Just looking back at some of his production from college, you know, the the volume isn't quite there. I guess it was really in his uh, in the 2019 season, right, with uh, 103 carries. But the, the the thing that he really makes up for with the lack of volume is those touchdowns. Eight last year, nine in 2019. So that might b- pump him up. He might not need necessarily need the same volume uh on the ground as these other guys if he's going to run that much in the the red zone right um but i think that bumps him just a little bit below even if he is the most amazing prospect in the world if he's not adding that same amount of of production on the ground for us in fantasy then i don't think he's going to be at those levels good points for sure uh ryan we need to double back quickly to justin herbert you good with with herbert falling in tier three yeah yeah majority rules here and again Thinking about this as um, categorizing these players, obviously uh, he does kind of fit with Burrow and Lawrence as uh, as those younger quarterbacks with with high upside. Yeah, so so tier three ends up being Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and Trevor Lawrence. We got some youth in there. Uh, we need to start talking about some of these veterans who have been big producers for us for years now. The next tier, all of us have in our next tier. Uh, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Ryan, let's start with you on these two guys because it feels like, uh, especially after Rodgers' big MVP season in 2020, he was throwing the ball a lot, especially near the goal line. Now with uh, with what what most project to be the the final season for Aaron Jones and Green Bay, uh, likely lots more passing coming for Aaron Rodgers in the next couple of seasons. There's, there's a, a big swarm of dynasty players everywhere that have the expectation that Rodgers can, 
can push for 40 touchdown passes and push the down, ball down the field for the next couple seasons. Seems like he fits in nicely as a back-end quarterback one, even in Dynasty. Yeah, and that's that's where both Rodgers and Russell Wilson are right now. They're, uh, according to our ADP, QB 10 for Wilson and 11 for Rodgers. Um, and, of course, this time last year, there were a lot of concerns about Rodgers. And in some ways, those... Um, haven't changed. One of the concerns was just a, obviously about the weapons that he would have. Um, we and, and everyone else has talked about about it a ton over the past year that the Packers did not address that wide receiver need. So um, I'm assuming they will this year. We'll see. Uh, Ooh, don't, don't get ahead of yourself here, Ryan. We all assumed that, last year. That right? is that is right. We and we uh, we all were wrong on that one. But. Um, if you do project them to add a wide receiver, either through free agency or the draft, and and both are are pretty uh, pretty deep at, at both spots, um, then then it's just more good news for for Rogers. He is five years older than Russell Wilson, but um, yeah, honestly, I just don't know how much that matters at this point. Um, it, it almost feels like they're they're closer in age or um, or they're similar age. Because Wilson, I mean, I don't, I don't know what has happened. I can't explain it. But the the back half of the past two seasons, he has two QB one games uh, total. Um, and yeah, he's still hitting that rookie wall late in the season. It, yeah, it really, it really <laughs> feels like that, and uh, it's frustrating <laughs> because we we've seen the upside, we've seen what he can do. Uh, we were all crowning him as the league MVP after the first six or seven weeks or so, and and he just fell flat and. From a from a dynasty standpoint, from a fantasy standpoint, you have to factor that in. Um, it, if that trend is going to continue, uh, it's it's a huge deal. So, um, to me, Wilson Wilson is just fading. It's uh, it's also interesting that we've at least heard rumors of both of these guys moving on. I don't I don't think that ultimately happens with either one of them. But it's just like the wild wild west at quarterback this offseason. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and speaking of Russell Wilson and, and everything happening there in Seattle, it's a little scary as a dynasty manager right now. Pete Carroll constantly talking about how they, he, he needs to run the ball more. They need to keep the ground and pound offense going and and uh, maybe take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands even more. And Meanwhile, Wilson's saying, I need better protection. I want to throw the ball down the field. I want to I want to let, I want to cook, you know, and man, it's just, it's really scary. If there's a guy that that's going to kind of fall off in 2021 out of this, the guys that we've talked to this point feels like it might be Russell Wilson to me. So I, I had a little trouble where, where to put him. And maybe I fell prey of exactly what you were talking about there, Ryan, with where you, where you kind of lump these guys together based on where they are in their career and where they've been in the past. And Wilson and Rogers, both elite prospects and elite, player maybe not prospects but elite players at one time in their uh careers they felt like a nice pair to fit right in here at tier four matt you had russell wilson and rogers lumped together in a tier by themselves as well you talk about these two guys and where you think they are i put these guys together because i think if you're in a one quarterback startup draft i think this is the sweet spot to take your quarterback they're not too old they're not too young we know we're going to get elite production in some or most weeks. Um, and in, in our latest ADP, they're going in the, I believe, the 8th and eighth and ninth round or ninth and 10th round of startup drafts right now. Like after I have, a, a you know, seven or eight 
solid picks at running back and wide receiver, maybe a tight end thrown in there if I pick one early. Like I can grab an elite quarterback still that late in drafts. Like it, it really feels like the sweet spot for me. Um, you know, you can invest earlier in, in Burrow and Lawrence and, and kind of hope that they're going to work out for you in year one and be able to compete. If you want to spend much earlier, you can go up to those top three tiers that we talked about, right? But if I want to build a really strong core at the most important positions in a one-quarterback league, it, this is where they're at for me. Like after, after that, that's where the question marks really start, especially for a year one dynasty team if you're looking to compete in year one. So it did kind of fall in that way, like Ryan was talking about, by grouping you know, similar players or similar age groups uh, or whatever together. But for me, it was based on where they're going in drafts right now and, and where I can get these guys and how much they can give us with that, you know, relatively late draft capital. So we're all in, in, in cons- we're all, it's a, con- it's consensus, I guess. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers fit in here. Ryan, you added another name, uh, another young guy with Wilson and Rodgers. You, you definitely got away from from lumping all the veterans together with this one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I included Justin Fields in this category, and um, I, I talked at the beginning that we'll see the value change and the rankings change on these rookies. So I'm going to I'm going to kind of lean on that as a possibility because it, it, in a lot of the mock drafts you look at, uh, Fields is not even the the second and sometimes not the third quarterback selected uh, in the NFL draft. So. Uh, Certainly landing spot and draft position, draft capital could change things. Uh, but for now, I'm, I'm really excited about the upside of Justin Fields. I would have him in that quarterback one range. Um, and honestly, I, I initially had him even in quarterback three, but didn't want him in, in the same tier as, as Trevor Lawrence because I do see a, a value gap there. So uh, I recognize I'm the only one to have Fields this high and, and – uh, defer to you guys that we could move him down a little bit. So Fields will be at the top of tier five then. Tier four falls just Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. We we got the vets together. Uh, let's quickly um, recap where we've been. Tier one, only Patrick Mahomes. In tier two, we landed with Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. Tier three quarterbacks end up being Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and then our tier four, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Lots of quarterbacks yet to cover, guys. We we are running out of time, so let's burn right through these. Uh, the next tier for all of us, we have Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavaloa. Now Justin Fields falls into that category as well. After that, it feels like there's a discussion to be made about a lot of these young guys. I personally had Trey Lance and Zach Wilson in the same tier. Ryan, you, you made it a little bit deeper. Uh, tell me about who you think belongs with, with the group of Hertz, Tua, and Justin Fields. Yeah, I also included uh, the next two rookie quarterbacks, Wilson and Lance there, uh, but also some veterans that, uh, that are producing. Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, and Ryan Tannehill. Of course, Stafford, I think, gets a value bump, and, and we saw that a little bit in our ADP that he got a value bump from the – uh, from the recent trade to the Rams. Uh, and then Ryan Tannehill, uh, maybe I'm just undervaluing him. His numbers have been really good. I, I had him at quarterback 19, including the rookies. Uh, but he's given us 15 quarterback one games over the past two years. Uh, that's over over half of his games. I think only eight quarterbacks were quarterback ones in more than half of their games over the past two years. So he's in that group with Aaron Rodgers, with 
Dak Prescott and a lot of the players we had in tiers one and two. So um, maybe Tannehill is, is even too low on my rankings. Yeah, that's interesting because you have him highest among the three of us. We'll get to Tannehill for sure. The guys I really want to talk about with Matt here are Trey Lance and Zach Wilson because Matt – Ryan and I both have him here. We, you know, not not speaking for Ryan, uh, he said his piece on him for sure. It feels like these two guys expected to be high first round picks this year. There's a lot of needs across the league. The potential these guys fall in a place where they can get on the field relatively early. They fit relatively well with Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavaloa, Justin Fields even. Well, I agree that maybe there should be a tear break between Fields and then the group of Lance and Zach Wilson, uh, as Ryan did in his rankings and his, uh, his tiers, I, I really feel strongly that Lance and Wilson are not that far behind that group of Tua and Hertz and Fields. Yeah, this may just be a product of me not doing enough work on, on, on Wilson and Lance yet. Like, I, lo- I love Lance and his running ability and all that stuff, but you know, not really playing last year leaves a lot of question marks for me. Um, where's what's his draft capital going to be? Probably somewhere in the first round, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be right after those top two guys, right? Um, and then the same for same for Wilson. Just a little bit more question marks for me. Um, I probably do have them too low. In fact, I think I have them two tiers <laughs> two tiers lower, which is probably an oversight. Um, so it's just just I I I, I value multiple years of production in the NFL at the quarterback position. That's a big factor for me. Like I want to have trust with as, as quickly as these teams sometimes recycle through uh, young quarterbacks. It just gives me a little bit of a pause to take those two guys over, um, you know, even guys like Stafford and, and, and uh, Baker Mayfield, maybe even Tannehill, you know? So uh, I understand the upside of it. It's just for me, there's just still too many question marks in my, what I've done personally on, on, on looking at these two guys. So uh, I have no problems with them being up here. I'm, I'm probably not going to take them there, but I understand the argument for them being there. So maybe if we're trying to come with a consensus or come up with a consensus, the best way to move forward might be to move Trey Lance and Zach Wilson into the next tier, along with some of those other names, Mayfield, Stafford, and Tannehill that you mentioned, Ryan, because they all fall in the next tier for both me and Matt as well. Yeah, and, and again, that's that's understandable. That um, Back to the gap between Wilson and Lance, though, uh, or I should say Wilson, Lance, and Fields, again, basing – what we've seen from from mock drafts and and right now that's kind of all we have as far as uh, projecting draft capital those three players are are, are basically a toss-up so um yeah i don't know maybe, maybe we are just too high on on justin fields this early uh and and he lance and wilson all belong in the same tier so we, we kind of narrowed that fifth tier down after Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers in tier four, just a tier of three players, all young guys, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungavaloa, and Justin Fields. The, the next group that we need to talk about, and Ryan, you already touched on Mayfield, Stafford, and Tannehill. We already agreed Trey Lance and Zach Wilson belong with these guys. Is there anybody else that we need to talk about or add to this group along with Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, and Matthew Stafford in tier six? Um, as it falls here, that that gets through the end of my fifth tier. I guess maybe it 
maybe it's time to talk about Carson Wentz. Of course, he's obviously been in the news uh, over the past week with the trade to the Colts. I think it's a, a great landing spot. You know, the connection between uh, he and the coaching staff there has been been talked about a lot. I do expect him uh, to be able to bounce back uh, f- from an NFL perspective. Uh, and, and the numbers on him ha- have been pretty good uh, looking back in past seasons. He's been a quarterback one in half of his games over the past two years, and obviously that includes uh, just uh, a, a terrible – uh, 2020 season. So really it, it goes back to showing how good he was prior to that. Um, he's given us 14 QB one games in the past two years and, and obviously missed some time last year. So he's the only one that I could maybe make a case for, honestly. Yeah. He's the next guy on my list fit in real nicely with Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill and Matt Stafford, maybe the recent news and ending up in Indianapolis, which in my opinion at least, was the ideal landing spot for Carson Wentz. Feels like he moved up my rankings or at least solidified himself in my rankings with these other names. Matt, if there's a guy that fits in with these other five in tier six, uh, who is it for you? Is it Wentz or somebody else? I think I have two. Wentz is definitely one of them. Uh, you know, just I think the numbers were sacked an average of four times a game last year in Philadelphia, and Rivers was sacked an average of like one time a game. So I think just that alone is going to make a huge difference for yeah. Wentz and him being able to uh, operate more comfortably back there behind a better line, better offense, all that kind of stuff. Um, so the other guy that I would I would mention, and I, I could go either way, honestly, is Kirk Cousins. He was much better last year than I anticipated, whether that's an, an elevation of, uh, of with Justin Jefferson there and some more weapons and, uh, you know, just more continuity in that offense since he's been there. Uh, you know, but I, I think he I think he has potential to be like that high quarterback to back end quarterback one in terms of a yearly finish. So he's somebody I would throw out there. But, you know, we, we're we're all kind of I, th- I think everybody is kind of like meh with Kurt, with Kurt Cousins. Right. So I understand him being lower than that. But I could also understand him being in that same tier with with Baker and Tannehill and Stafford like they seem like. If they fit, they kind of fit together, you know. Yeah, Stafford was the reason that I didn't want to have Cousins in this tier. Actually, I, th- I think there's a big <laughs> tier break because I would much rather have Stafford with his move to Los Angeles than Cousins. Although I see the I see the parallels and I see why you would why you'd want that. I have him back to back in my rankings, but I I really felt like there was a big. Di- I would need something something relatively useful to move from Stafford to Cousins. What are your thoughts, Ryan? Does, does, is Cousins a name you're you're willing to move up to here, or does he start Tier 7 for you? I think he's got to start Tier 7. Uh, the names we have in this Tier 6 right now, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Matthew Stafford, and Carson Wentz. And I think we could tell a story with each of those six players that um, at the end of the 2021 season, they're top 12 quarterbacks in Dynasty. Uh, it would be a little tough with – with Stafford, I think he'll he would be 34 at that point. Um, so so a little bit more of a challenge for him just due to age. But the rest of those guys, I could see them potentially um, be doing enough this year to make them QB ones this time next year. I can't I can't tell that story for Kirk Cousins. He's not going to be valued as a as a dynasty QB one. No. When we get to the next tier, after after Lance and Zach Wilson, Mayfield, Tannehill, Stafford, and Wentz finalize 
tier six, it gets kind of messy, guys. We got we got a <laughs> lot of messy. names. Um, it feels I made a massive tier right here of about fifteen or sixteen names. The only ones that we are are in agreement on: Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, and Daniel Jones. They all they all fit together. Um, Matt, you you put a lot more tears in than than me and Ryan did. Uh, so so maybe you you can draw some lines for us and and try to come up with where these guys should fall if we're going to break them apart. Um, well, I mean, I added Cam in there. We don't know if he's done. He certainly looked done, and I've been advocating him for since basically the middle of the season, right? So uh, that doesn't look great now. Um, but I still have faith that he's, uh, if you look at the landscape of the NFL quarterbacks, I feel like he is at least a borderline starter. I would rather have Cam, Cam on an NFL team than, than some starters like what's happening in Washington right now, for example, you know? Um, so I kind of drew the line at him, and then – Maybe Fitzpatrick belongs in that same area because he's probably going to pop up as a starter somewhere. And then after that, it was just all of the the old the old guys, right? Brady, Car- uh, Brady, uh, Ben, uh, and then the guys with lots of question marks were the ones that aren't even starting, like like Jordan Love, uh, Sam Darnold. What's going to be happening with, with him? Jimmy Garoppolo. What's going to happen with him? Jameis Winston. Is he going to be the starter in New Orleans? So like once we get past that. Uh, I don't even know what number we're at now, but I want to say like the quarterback 20-ish range, like things start to get a little bit fuzzy, so it's harder to draw a line. So I kind of just did it with like question marks, basically, Uh, question marks and upside. So uh, I have no problem where you guys have this massive tier. I just wanted a little bit more granulation in there. Ryan, talk about some of these guys. We we were just going through these names and, and Cousins, Goff, Daniel Jones, even Matt Ryan, their names all popped up in the same range. Beyond that, who are the guys that really fit with this group? I think when you get this deep, you have to start looking for upside because honestly, that's, that's all that matters. I mean, we kind of know what um, we know what we're getting from, from Derek Carr or, or Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, And it's not, it's not necessarily great uh, that there's a ceiling with those guys. And um, so the next two players I would, push uh, just based on upside or, or potential upside would be Mac Jones. Uh, I, I think we'll, we'll certainly see him as a first round NFL draft pick. Uh, and then f- from there, we'll see what happens. Um, he's, he's not a prospect I, I love, but the first round draft capital obviously comes with uh, the expectation to be a starter. Uh, and, and obviously he's a lot younger than most of the other players that we're looking at in this range. And then Jameis Winston, um, I think he's going to be a starter in the league in 2021. Uh, it sounds like the Saints want to re-sign him. He is a free agent. Um, if he signs with the Saints, we're probably talking about him uh, at least one tier higher with with Mayfield, Tannehill, yeah. and those guys. So, uh, honestly, I think it's only a matter of time before he gets moved up rankings. I heard you. I heard you not. I seen you nod in your head there, Matt, and saying, "Yeah, uh, I agreed completely." Mac Jones, Jameis Winston, they fit in here. There are some other names that we should probably talk about. We're gonna get these veterans. Tom Brady coming off the Super Bowl. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is a name we definitely should talk about at some point. Other guys like Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo, even Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, who has a little bit of upside. He started some games last season as well. And, and the list kind of goes on and on through Drew Locke and, and some of these other younger guys. 
Is is there a tear break after this group? We we have Cousins, Goff, Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan, Mac Jones, and Jameis Winston. There's some upside there. Do we do we take a tear break or or do we want to add some of these guys that that have some short term upside like Brady and guys that are just locked into jobs like Derek Carr, who's most likely a starter moving forward? Yeah, Brady would be the one I would want to put in, and and obviously, I mean, we know it's we know it's year to year with him at this point, but. Um, not only the the Super Bowl win and and success uh, from a real NFL perspective, uh, but he he had a great fantasy season as well um, this year, even even at his age. So uh, the the weapons are great there in Tampa Bay. Uh, I think Chris Godwin stays. Uh, so yeah, it's it's short term upside, but if we include Matt Ryan in this tier, I think I think Tom Brady fits as well. That's a good point, Matt. How about you? Yeah, I agree. Brady would be the one guy, and you know we've been saying he's done for five years, right? But it just he keeps doing it. He's, he's going to play next year. Maybe he's going to play the year after that. So uh, finishes a quarterback eight this year. So I don't know how we can really have him in a in a lower tier than this. Matt, if there's anybody else you want to mention among the quarterbacks we haven't covered, there's rookie Kyle Trask, and there's uh, former rookie Jordan Love. Marcus Mariota has been in the news just a little bit. We mentioned Luck and Bridgewater, Taysom Hill. Is there anybody else worth mentioning here, or, or are we just going to glob everybody together in Tier 8 with, with a little bit of upside and, and the low-end fantasy starters? Not not really. I think we could. If we're, if we're shooting for just pure upside, right, uh, and if we're going to operate on a year-to-year basis like we are with Brady, I think we could argue that Fitzpatrick and it, it separates himself a little bit. I think we could argue that Darnold separates himself a little bit, depending on what happens with his outlook. Um, but the rest of these guys, you know, I feel like they all have – you know, at least in the same ballpark range of, of upside. Um, so I guess those would be the only the only two guys. Ryan, how about you? Anybody else worth worth talking about? It, it's Fitzpatrick for me as well. Um, and I, I think again, we we've kind of used his um, his past against him when it comes to dynasty yeah. value. That he was he was never an elite prospect. He was a late round draft pick. He's old. You know, all of these narratives go against his value, but the reality is when he plays, he performs. Um, he and he and Ben Roethlisberger are both 38 years old. Over the past two seasons, past two seasons, Roethlisberger has been a QB one in 24 percent of his games. Fitzpatrick has been a QB one in half of his games, 12 times as a QB one. That's the same as Derek Carr. That's more than Baker Mayfield or Matt Stafford uh, or. Um, uh, let's see who else is kind of in that range. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So yeah, um, I, I think Fitzpatrick is is I guess a similar story to Winston. Um, I, I do think he gets a job eventually. Not probably not going to be handed a a starting job. Um, it has been the case the past couple of years, but uh, he's going to play and he's going to perform and he's super cheap. Actually, he doesn't even have an ADP in our in our one quarterback ADP right now. All right, guys, that pretty much wraps up all these quarterbacks that we really need to talk about. We'll quickly recap them and then get out of here. Patrick Mahomes was in Tier 1 all by himself. Then Tier 2 went to Sean Watson, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. Our consensus quarterback Tier 3 had four players, Dak Prescott, 
Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and Trevor Lawrence. That was followed up in Tier 4 by veterans Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Just three in Tier 5, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungavaloa, and Justin Fields. We moved on to Tier 6 where we added Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Matthew Stafford, and Carson Wentz. That's the top 19 quarterbacks in our consensus rankings. Tier 7, a little bit bigger. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan, Mac Jones, Jameis Winston, and Tom Brady. Then we finalized everything in Tier 8 with the rest of the names you can think of. Guys like Roethlisberger and Ryan Fitzpatrick, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Darnold, Taysom Hill, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew, Drew Locke, Marcus Mariota, Jordan Love, Kyle Trask, and Cam Newton. I'm sure I, I overlooked a couple names. The guys like Alex Smith and Mitchell Trubisky and Gardner Minshew, they're all going to be thrown in after these guys as well. Uh, Taylor Heineke as well. Guys, anything, any final takeaways, Ryan, from, from doing this exercise? Did you move move a lot of guys around in your rankings, does it feel like, after doing this? Yes, yeah, I always do on shows like this. Um, yeah, always a good... Uh, a good process to go through to really kind of check yourself. Um, what really stood out to me, Matt kind of mentioned it earlier in the show, the depth of the quarterback position. And that is, that's a big deal in super flex leagues, but in one quarterback leagues, if, if, if you're still in those, I cut several of my one quarterback leagues this off season, trying to move to super flex only, but in one quarterback leagues, you, you can just continue to wait, honestly. We're seeing even the value of the top guys fall. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is in the fourth round of our ADP for the first time in over a year. He's been a third rounder or higher uh, for for the past 12 months or so. Uh, so even we're, we're seeing the depth kind of hurt the value of the, the guys at the top. For me, it was probably the what you talked about earlier, Ryan, the upside, moving those guys with the upside up your rankings because you can find guys to fill in if you don't hit on guys like Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson, the young players that originally I had down probably closer to where Matt had them in tiers sixes, six and seven. But as I was playing things out and trying to figure out exactly where I wanted these guys, I kept moving them up one tier at a time because of that upside and the potential for them to be the next big thing, make those kind of jumps over their first few seasons that we've seen from from guys like Lamar Jackson and, and even Josh Allen this past year. The unknown is worth so much, especially at the quarterback position, because it costs so less to replace them with useful options. Matt, how about you? Is there something that stuck out to you? Just similar to you guys, uh, you know, in a one quarterback league, like the only thing that matters is upside, right? Because like Ryan said, the depth is just so ridiculous. Like if I, if you waited till till everybody in your league had or had, had at least one quarterback and half of them have their quarterback too, right? You could still form a pretty good committee out of guys like you know Cousins and and Matt Ryan and and Goff and and Wentz. So like if you had four of those, all four of those guys on a one quarterback roster, and you waited till the twelfth, thirteenth round to take your first one, then you probably feel pretty good about playing that committee every week um but if you want that ultimate upside like those top i think i really think those top nine guys uh that we've talked about kind of separate themselves from the pack and then that sweet spot of of rogers and and, and wilson being able to wait till those guys uh till all of those younger guys go off the board and just be able to grab that guy as your solid starter and then play with the the upside of, of those young guys with wilson and lance as your later as your later picks right um so 
Uh, lots of fun stuff at the quarterback position. I wish we could just only talk about Superflex these days because the, the discussions are just so much more interesting, I think. Um, but uh, so many things you can do with this position in a one-quarterback league. Yeah, I was just looking at these tiers, and if, if you took Patrick Mahomes early and waited till the 24th quarterback came off, you'd get a guy like Goff or Ryan or Jameis Winston, Tom Brady, like you mentioned there, Matt. If you're in the middle and you, and you were the last starter to get, team to take a starter in a 12-team league to Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers maybe you take one a little earlier you get an upside guy like Hertz or Tua or Justin Fields Trey Lance Zach Wilson so roster construction means a lot and when you do these tiers it helps you decide when to take those guys in a startup and when to when to spend a lot to move up in a draft or to uh, acquire one of these guys that can really take you over the top whether you're in a one quarterback or super flex leagues you guys we're out of time we we covered all the quarterbacks that we need to next week we're gonna jump into the running backs we'll do the same thing consensus running back tears from the dlf dynasty podcast we want to thank everybody for listening in this week for ryan and matt i'm dan thanks for listening to the dlf dynasty podcast we'll